Today on the School of Podcasting, we're looking at how to launch a successful podcast in 2021. I did an episode like this 10 years ago, and this is the revision, but it's not just for beginners because we're going to clear up a lot of the podcasting noise that people are spewing out there that are steering people in the wrong direction. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, here are some of the things we do here. We help you plan your podcast. We help you grow your podcast. We help launch it. We help monetize it. It's all there at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. And save on a monthly or yearly subscription. And today, we are going to go out and bust some myths, and we're going to talk about how to launch a podcast in 2021. And so, like I said, I originally did the 27 steps to launch a podcast back 10 years ago. Today, I think I got it down to about 13 and it might even be less than that. But there are some things we need to talk about first. And there are these phrases, things like keeping it real and and consistency and things like that, that I'm like, mm, people are taking that and they're kind of, for lack of a birth, they're, they're distorting it for, in some cases, to go the easy route. So let's take the first one. I'm going to keep it real. I hear this phrase a lot. And really, when that is good is when you're saying, I'm going to be authentic. Because you should be talking from your heart. You should be talking from your beliefs. Uh, don't say what people want to hear just to be popular. I mean, if your opinion differs, let's hear it. And let's also hear why you believe those thoughts. It's something that they used to call, what was it? Um, oh, that's right, a dialogue. You know, we might actually just learn something. And how this phrase, keeping it real, is being abused is it means I'm not going to edit my podcast at all. It's just like you were a fly on the wall and you get to hear everything. And I get that. But here's the thing. There are editors who work in movies, who work in television, books, magazines, newspapers. And somehow your podcast, which I don't know if you realize this or not, podcasting is kind of part of the entertainment space. You're either educating or you're entertaining. One of the two. If you're not, you're doing this thing called boring. Yeah, it's true. So when I hear that, you know, you're here to tell me that everything out of your mouth right now is perfect. And that's not true. I've I've also said there's a um, a mountain called Mount Rushmore. It has uh, four presidents were carved into the side of a mountain. And I go, Mount Rushmore is simply a mountain that somebody did some editing on. And my background is in teaching. I taught in the corporate space for decades, and I am always a fan of there's always room for improvement. And so I actually read on Facebook. Think about this. This is true. I read on Facebook where someone asked someone a question, and I'm going to keep their name out of it. I'm not sure if uh, if they want this out there, but he did put it on Facebook. But nonetheless, he asked his guest one question. And 26 minutes later, the person was done with their one answer, not making that up, 
one question, 26 minutes to answer. And when the final podcast came out, that 26 minute answer had been edited down to four. So when you go, I'm just going to keep it real. We don't do editing. Yeah. Remember, keeping it real can also be keeping it really boring. So keep that in mind. And speaking of boring, you know what's boring? Fishing. Now, look, did you hear that? That was a sound of Clay Groves cussing at his device. I'm not talking about what Clay does over at Fish Nerds. It's a great podcast. If you're into fishing, check out my buddy Clay Groves. I haven't fished in about 20 years. I think one of my bucket items, I need to go fishing with Clay Groves. He's way cool. But for me, half the fun of fishing wasn't the actual fishing part because that was kind of smelly and slimy and um, maggots and things like that. Half of the fun of fishing for me was getting to play on a boat and get out there on a lake. And in some cases, if the boat actually had a motor and you didn't have to row it, that was even more fun. And then, of course, you... You bait the hook, you throw it in, you know, you throw your line into the water, and then you wait. And then you wait some more. And that part of fishing, where you're actually fishing, you're throwing it in there and seeing if there's anything there, that part is really boring. Now, why do people like to do that, especially men in some cases, is because we're out in the middle of a lake and it's quiet and nobody is bugging me. And it's relaxing, which is fine. But unless you're Scooter over at the Sleep With Me podcast, you're not trying to be boring and put people to sleep. So every time I hear someone start off an interview with, tell me a little bit about yourself. What they're doing is they're casting their line into the water to see if there's anything they can bring back to their audience. They're fishing. But in the same way that if you think about it, uh, they're kind of like watching the bobber. And again, I'm really rusty on my my fishing lingo here. They're watching that bobber to see if it goes under the water because that means they got something, maybe. And if they see it, they're going to pull it in. But if you think about it, fishing is boring. The actual part of fishing is boring. And if you, and I don't watch, as you might imagine, I don't watch fishing on TV. But if you're clicking through the channels, and there's a fishing show on, you don't see Bob and Earl in a boat sitting there being quiet, hoping, watching. That's how boring would that be to watch? Anytime I ever see a fishing show, it's somebody reeling in the fish. And everybody's like, whoa, I got a big one. Holy cow. Look at here. Oh, don't drop it. Don't drop it. Oh, hold on. Right. That's exciting. That's the part that's going to make the TV show. Not the part where they're sitting in the boat hoping there's something here. So when you have a guest and you find something that you know is going to really resonate with your audience, that's just as exciting as reeling in a fish. You're like, oh, hold on. I got to make sure I got two things recording this. This is great. Don't don't drop it. Don't drop. Get that story in here. Here we go. And by that, you're in the same way that you got to have the right tension on the the reel. And I'm making up most of this stuff again. But here, you, you got to make sure to shut up and let the person just talk when they start to tell a great story. So fishing is boring. Catching a fish is great. So the art of finding the story, I don't want to listen to that. Just bring me the story. Yes. Which leads me to another thing that is getting kind of eh, a little blurry on, and that is stories are great. 
if I do story and they are stories are great. But again, when you start off with tell me a little bit about yourself, that's that's a fishing story, you know, and we're somehow led to believe that someone's backstory is going to help us. And it might in some cases, but whole my whole thing is if I started my podcast with, hey, today we're going to interview Gern Blanston, who has a proven strategy of growing your audience by 200%. But first, let's find out what his parents did for a living. You'd be like, what? What? You'd be yelling at your dashboard, throwing your phone against the wall. Look, stories are great. When someone shares a story that we can learn from or, and you've heard me say this a million times, if it makes you laugh, if it makes you cry, if it makes you think, if it makes you groan, if it educates you, if it entertains you, stories are great. But not all stories are great. Let me give you an example. You ready? I'm going to bore you for about 30 seconds. Bear with me. When I was 16 years old, one night I was trying to impress a really cute girl and I climbed a sign at the front of the mall. Now, for those of you that happen to live where I live in Akron, Ohio, this was Chapel Hill Mall. And I climbed the big uh, sign there. They had, back then, they only had three movie theaters. And I had figured out that they had the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. This was a horrible movie by Madonna. Isn't that kind of redundant, I guess, in a way? Anyway, and I figured out that I could take letters from the other movies that were on the marquee and change Desperately Seeking Susan to Desperately Sucking Susan. And as I was a hard rock fan and not a huge fan of Madonna... Uh, I thought that would be hilarious. And so I had to kind of climb up this thing because they kind of make, like they take the ladder away. You kind of have to climb a pole. And I finally get up there and it turns out that changing the letters weren't as easy as it looked. I thought you would just like take one down and it, it didn't. And so I also started to realize that there's a lot more light out at night than I thought. And I got it to desperately seating Susan. And then I climbed back down. Now that story is real. Uh-huh. So it's real and it's a story, but it, did it help you with your podcast? No. So keep that in mind. Just because somebody's telling me a story, you have to figure out what does your audience want? We're going to talk about that when we get into the steps of how to start a podcast, but just realize stories for the sake of stories, not always going to get people coming back. Just because something is real, and just because something's a story doesn't mean it's good. I'll give you an example. The story of Glenn the Geek from the Horse Radio Network. He told a story about how he asked to have a booth at one of the largest horsing events. And his story, that's a great story. And it's led to him growing his audience and getting sponsors and things like that. That's a great example of a great story. It's real. It's true. It's a story. And it helped my audience grow their audience because that's what they're tuning in for. The other thing we have to keep in mind here is fishing takes patience. And the problem is we live in a microwave society. I think half the reason people stop podcasting and right now from what we hear, it's usually somewhere between six, seven, maybe eight episodes and people quit. Why? Because we live in a microwave society and I'm looking to build an audience in about six weeks and quit my day job. And I wish I was, you know, I wish that was a joke, but I've had people approach me to do that. It's just not going to happen. Podcasting is not a microwave kind of thing. It is a marathon, not a sprint. 
And so keep this in mind. People want good stuff. They want the band whose name is on the ticket. They don't really want the warm-up act. They want to get to the good stuff. You want to have fun? Do this. Find a four-year-old and tell them you have a bunch of candy in your back pocket and say, but before I give you the candy, I'm going to recite some Edgar Allan Poe for you. Gather round, children. This is called the Telltale Heart. It's true. Yes, I have been ill, very ill. But why do you say that I have lost control of my mind? Why did you say that I am mad? They're just not going to go for that. They're going to be screaming, give me the candy. So keep that in mind. If you look at Netflix, as I record this in January 2021, they just added a speed up knob, for lack of a better phrase, a button. You can listen at uh, 125 or 150. And I'm like, come on, no 2X. Come on, Netflix. And if you are watching a series in Netflix, say you're watching Breaking Bad, at the end, it says, would you like to go to the next episode? And when you click on the next episode, not only does it skip the credits of the current episode you're watching, but it skips the intro of the next episode. It goes right to the good stuff. Fishing takes patience. We don't have any. We want to get to the good stuff. So that whole, I need your backstory, I don't really care about your guest. I know that sounds mean. I don't care about them until they give me something of value. I will care about them after they give me something of value. And I don't really care where they went to school and that their dog's name was Sparky. Another thing that people are getting somewhat confused with that all I need to do is have a conversation. This, again, is being taken out of context. What you don't want, let's go to the opposite end of conversation, is what? An interrogation. Where were you on the 13th of September, 2019? Yeah, that's that's not a good way to do an interview. But just because something is a conversational style does not mean it's not boring. I could call up my best friend right now and we could have an actual conversation and it would bring you absolutely no value. It would be real. We might tell a story and it would be a conversation, but it wouldn't be helpful to you. And that brings us to consistency. This is another one that I see people kind of spinning as all I have to do to be successful is be consistent. And I see people in Facebook, they're like, look, I've been podcasting for seven months on a weekly basis. I haven't missed a single week. Why are my numbers not higher? And they feel that the key to success is just publishing every single week. And look, I'm here to tell you a publishing schedule being consistent is important because you become part of their routine. But what really matters is not consistency in publishing, it's consistency in delivering value. And I remember Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live. And I thought he was like this comedy guy. And then Troy Heinrichs from The Blacklist Exposed, who's been on this program many times, said, hey, have you seen Ted Lasso on HBO? He said, man, that was really good. Now notice, first things first, that's word of mouth. That was so good that inspired Troy to go, wow, that was really good. And I trust Troy 
So I went over to HBO Max and I checked it out. And you know what? Troy was right. It was a really good flick. I really enjoyed that series. And so then I saw where Jason and I was like, who knew the guy from Saturday Night Live could could actually act? And then I saw Jason in a movie called Kodachrome on Netflix. Now, this movie was pretty predictable. But again, the acting of Jason Sudeikis, I was like, wow, this guy actually has some some acting chops. So consequently, if I happen to fire up Amazon and I see a movie and it's starring Jason Sudeikis, I'm probably going to click play because he's being consistent with value. The same goes for Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is a guy I probably in the late 80s first saw him in Howard Stern's Private Parts. That's a movie. He's an amazing actor. He's Sam Adams. Uh, he's in Billions on Showtime. And anything with Paul Giamatti, I will watch. Now, for the record, I love John Cusack. I had people in the 80s that said I used to look like him. And I think that was just because I am somewhat tall. And it, back in the 80s, I was almost skinny. Not so much anymore. Anyway, I loved uh, John Cusack movies. He did a movie called Being John Malkovich. And it is the weirdest movie you will ever watch. And I liked it because it was so like not any other movie I'd ever seen. But usually John was kind of this sarcastic kind of character in most of his movies. And something happened and all of a sudden his movies started being more meh. Okay. And while I'm still a fan, because his consistency in movies kind of went a little, uh, I don't always watch every John Cusack movie now. Unless there's like nothing else on, but I still like him, but he's not like, oh, got to watch this. So when it comes to consistency, it boils down to this. I would rather have a great episode that is one day late than a kind of episode that's on time. So those are some myths. Those are some keys that I'm seeing out there in podcasting that people are taking and they're kind of. I don't know, just adjusting it in the wrong, they're, they're getting the wrong message out of these words. It's not about being real and having a conversation and being consistent. Those are all true when you're really being authentic, providing stories that educate or entertain, and you deliver value in a consistent manner. Hey, is one of your New Year's resolutions to start a podcast then you got to come over to the School of Podcasting. Why? Because I'm going to make sure you don't sound stupid. I'm going to make sure you don't spend money on equipment you don't need. I just saved somebody $300 yesterday because they were going to buy this big, huge thing. And I'm like, you don't need that. Look, buy this thing. It's $300 cheaper. I'm going to get you into a Facebook group where you can bounce ideas off other people and go, oh, I never thought of that way. We're all about making great content that resonates with your audience. Now, what do you get when you join the School of Podcasting? You get step-by-step tutorials, of which I'm updating right now as we speak. You're going to get the latest information. Plus, you get access to that Podcasting Mastermind Facebook group where you can ask questions, bounce ideas off other people. Plus, you're going to get live group coaching. Now, for the record, this is a small group many times. And I had somebody last week, it was one-on-one consulting and they paid one monthly fee for that. That would have been five times as much had they actually hired me as a one-on-one consultant. 
you are going to start a podcast in 2021 and I can help you do it in the right way, headache free. And not only is it going to change the life of your audience, it's going to change you. Trust me, you're going to learn so much about yourself and you're going to come out better on the other side. Jump in the water. It's warm. I will catch you. You're not going to drown. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener and let's get you podcasting. Don't die with your message inside you. You can help people. You can entertain people and I can help you do it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Starting a podcast in 2021, I have 13 items here and I had to really figure out where do you start? And I had a an argument with myself because step one is know why you're starting a podcast. Step two is know your audience. And I couldn't figure out which one was first. And I, I've thought about it. I think step one is know why you're starting a podcast. Because if you're doing a hobby podcast, and for the record, hobby podcasts are great because the pressure is kind of off. You're like, look, I just want to talk about Batman with my cousin. And when you publish your first episode, guess what? Your show is a success. Why? Because you're talking about Batman with your cousin. Everything above that is just gravy. So keep that in mind. But you need to know why, because that's also going to shape your content. So step number one, why are you starting a podcast? Now, here are some reasons why you shouldn't start a podcast. I don't know. Sounds fun. Everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Not not really great reasons, but if you're like, oh man, I want to talk about this subject. I have something on my mind. I have a business that I'm trying to grow and I want to position myself as an expert. I want to find other people. I feel alone in the world and I want to find, there has to be somebody else like me that is feeling the same way. Those are just some of the reasons to start a podcast. And again, all of those have different reasons. If I do a show, let's let's do the business thing. We've gone hobby. Now let's go business. If I want to start a podcast to help grow my business, now I'm tracking other things. I'm tracking how much business can I tie to my podcast. That's completely different. It's a different number of metrics and things like that. So knowing your why am I doing this is really, really key. Number two, and both of these are like monumental. These are things you have to do. And that is who is your audience? And I'll give you an example. I play the guitar. And if I did a show called Dave Plays Guitar, I got to figure out who this is for. Because if my first episode is, hey, let's talk about the names of the strings. It's every E-A-D-G-B-E. I had to think about that a second. Every art does good, but Ernie, that's how you remember that. Okay, that's fine for beginners. But the guy that can shred my face off is bored out of his gourd. So I can't just do a show about guitar. It's better. Now, for the record, let's back that up. I can do a show and just talk about whatever I want on the guitar. But if I really want a super loyal audience, when I say, hey, this is for, you know, welcome to the Shred Your Face Off podcast. And we're going to talk about picking techniques and things like that. Now, the beginner isn't going to listen to my show. But the guy that loves to shred people's face off with his guitar, that guy's like, oh, finally, somebody's making the podcast, dude. So you have to figure out who is your audience. And now I know why am I doing my podcast? So let's stick with the guitar thing. Let's say I have a course on how to shred. In other words, if you're not, if you're not cool to the guitar thing, that means play very fast. So I have a course 
on how to play very fast on your guitar. So my audience is people that want to shred. And why am I doing this? I want to lead you to my membership site where I show you how to play very fast. Now, here's the thing. Step number three, what are you going to talk about that's going to hold the attention of your who and get them to do your why? This is the hard part. So now I have to figure out what can I talk about on my guitar podcast that's going to hold the attention of my target audience and get them to join my particular membership site, let's say. I might interview Ingve Malmsteen. He's like the king of shredding. That would be great. Those people would love that. And maybe we can get Ingve to share some secrets on how he learned how to play fast. But in the end, at the end of that interview, I have to find a way to say, hey, thanks so much to Ingve. If you'd like to learn how to shred, join my Shred Your Face Off uh, membership site, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to talk about? Because really, all I did was reposition Ingve as the king of shred, and people are going to go join his course. You have to figure out, what am I going to talk about that's going to hold the attention of my target audience and get them to do my why? So here again, if I'm doing the, I want to talk about Batman with my cousin in my basement, my target audience is anybody who else wants to talk about Batman. My why is, well because I love Batman and I'm done. There's no, it's, it depends on what you're doing this for. It's really easy, but it's when you get into like the business side is when things get a little more uh, focused. Number four, determine your format. And so many people think it's either solo. It could be an interview show. And I always say do both. When you do a solo show, you are growing your influence. Right now, I am talking to you. And I always recommend when you do a solo show, none of this YouTube crap. Hey, guys. No, I'm talking to you because is there anybody else in the car with you? No. So I'm talking to you. Then you have an interview show that grows your network. And I always say do both. Do an interview show, grow your network, do a solo show, grow your influence. But there are other things. There's narrative style where you have kind of the NPR and you're playing clips and music and sound effects and things like that. And here's the cool thing. It's your show. It's absolutely your show and you can do with it whatever you want. Now, how do you know which format feels good? Well, I have a website podcastclose.com and it's getting cold here as I record this in Ohio. And I was like, wow, I need some uh, sweatshirts, something with sleeves on to keep me warm. And I was like, I could get a sweatshirt with a school of podcasting logo on it. I wonder if that would fit and if it would keep me warm. How do I know if that works? There's only one way. I bought one. I put it on. It fit great, washed it, dried it, and it didn't shrink that much to where it still fits. So how do I know if a format is right? Uh, do one. Just do one in the same way that the musician practices in the basement. You can practice as well. You do not have to release everything you record. In fact, I would urge you to not release everything you record. So step four, determine your format. Step five, purchase your equipment. Now, this is why you have to determine your format. Because if I'm doing interviews, are they in person? Are they going to be done over the internet? 
And then it's a matter of, am I going to do Zoom? Am I going to do, I like Squadcast myself. Uh, you know, you have to figure out what you're doing and how you're doing it so that you can then get the equipment so that you can do what you want to do. Right now in 2021, my favorite piece of equipment is the Zoom PodTrack P4. Why? Because I can record four people in the same room with me, assuming that we're not in a pandemic. I could actually record two people in the room with me, one person on a tablet or a phone, and then one person over the internet, like on, you know, Squadcast. All at the same time, it gives me four separate channels. So if I want to get super geeky on my editing, I can do that. Everybody gets their own headphone jack. So if you have somebody like me that's deaf and somebody who's not, I'm not blasting their head off. I can play little jingle thingies. I, it's, and the great thing about it is it's about the size of a checkbook for those of you that remember what a checkbook is. And it's $200. And I'm here to tell you 10 years ago, that would have cost about a thousand dollars. It's crazy. For more information about my gear, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com, click on the about link at the top and you'll see a link there to my gear. So step five, purchase your equipment. Step six, practice recordings and getting to know your gear. I kind of stole my own thunder on this one, but yes, you need to know how to use your gear. So do a bunch of recordings, get your cousin to call you on the phone so you can patch your phone into the, the Zoom pod track before. That's another reason why I like it. Get some people on Zoom, start playing with Audacity or Hindenburg or whatever you're doing. Play with your recording stuff because you don't want to finally get that first interview or do that first episode and then completely blow it because you don't know how to use your gear. Step seven, you want to identify your intro and outro. In your intro, this is my formula for an intro. You introduce the show. Welcome to the School of Podcasting, where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. Introduce yourself. I'm Dave Jackson, Hall of Fame podcaster, award-winning. Now, that kind of always kind of makes me feel a little douchey, for lack of a better phrase, because I'm kind of tooting my own horn. But on the other hand, I got to answer the question, why should you listen to Dave? Because there are another, I don't know, 70 podcasts about podcasting. So I got to say, why should you listen to me? I've been podcasting since 2005. I've seen a lot of stuff. And then introduce what people are going to get in. So today, hey, we're going to talk about launching a podcast. Now, why is that important? Because nobody gets on a bus unless they know where they're going. And remember back when you were in school and you're kind of lost and you're walking around and you'd walk in a classroom and you're like, hey, is this uh, Algebra 202? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm in the right place. Well, it's the same thing. When you introduce your show and you say, hey, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. They're like, oh, cool. This is what I'm looking for. And then today we're going to talk about how to launch a podcast. You're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to stick around. So now your outro, and for the record, at times I'm really horrible at this. We have to go back to your why. Why are you doing this? And if the idea is to monetize your podcast, you got to realize step one of monetization is growing your audience. You cannot monetize a ghost unless you're Jim Harold. Uh, but it, what I mean by that is you have to have an audience. And so many people focus all their energy on how am I going to make money with this? And they forgot I need an audience. And so a, a call to action might be, hey, if you like this show, Hey, could you do me a favor? Right now on your phone, there's actually a share button. Could you share this with somebody that might actually enjoy it? That's one call to action. 
you could say things. If you'd like to subscribe to the show, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. That is my one call to action. But if you go there, there's like six different ways to subscribe. I'm not saying subscribe to me in uh, Overcast and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and Spotify. The other thing I have to say here, ratings and reviews do not help you on the Apple charts. One more time, ratings and reviews do not help you in the Apple podcast charts. They are social proof, which might come in handy later if you want to sponsor it and you're like, look, I have a really engaged audience, but they do not help you in the Apple rankings. And if somebody's telling you that, they're probably trying to charge you 777, three easy payments to get you up the charts. Keep that in mind. But you want to have one call to action. Sometimes I will do what I call the sandwich, where I'll be like, hey, the website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you want to sign up for the newsletter or see any of the other episodes or sign up to the courses, it's all there, schoolofpodcasting.com. So I have three calls to action there, but I've put them all in. I'm beating you over the head with my website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Not the best call to action. The best call to action is one, do this. And that's where you have to figure out, what do I want my audience to do? And then you ask them to do that. One call to action. So step seven, identify your intro and outro. Step eight, record an episode that you feel is good enough for the public. So here again, I said, don't release everything that you record. But after a while, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of getting a flow. I'm feeling comfortable on the microphone. I've got good mic technique, things of that nature. And when you finally get one, you go, you know what? I wouldn't be embarrassed to put this out. Well, then put it out. And then that leads us to step number nine. Get some feedback from a trustworthy source. So you thought this was pretty good. And you let your mom hear it and she goes, oh, honey, that's great. And then you let your you know brother hear it. He's like, yeah, it's not bad. You need somebody who's going to tell you if it's good or not. Now, this is, yes, I can help you with that but I'm not here to pimp myself on that service. You need to find somebody, especially who is your target audience. So you can go to a Facebook group and say, hey, I'm starting a podcast in a couple months. I have an episode ready. I want to make sure it's delivering value to people like you. If you're interested, I can send you a link. So you just throw it in Dropbox or something like that so they you can share it with people. And I would love you to listen to this and talk about it like I'm not in the room. Now, for the record, that's scary. Straight up, that is scary. But your goal is to make a podcast that's going to help people. It's going to engage your audience. And there's no sense, none, marketing a podcast if you don't know if it's good. And I'm here to tell you, yes, that's scary. But in the end, I just had somebody last night, I do a a podcast called the Podcast Rodeo Show. And she said, you know what? I needed to hear that. It was hard to hear, but I needed to hear that. Why? Because she started off her show with 15 seconds of music. That was it. And I was like, that's got to go. You're wasting my time. So she's like, you know what? Yeah, that hurt a little to hear that, but you're right. That needs to go. So you need somebody who's going to say, "Mm, no, sorry. Mm." Or you want somebody that will say, that's really good. My friend, Chris Kermitzos, he runs PodFest. I know will tell me the truth. I once accidentally shaved off one stripe of my beard 
And I said, Chris, if I if I shave another stripe on the other side and make it look like I planted, it, he just went, no, no, you got to shave the whole thing. And I also gave him a copy of my book, Profit from Your Podcast. And he called me back and said, hey, man, this is like a really good book. And I was like, well, thanks so much. But like, you know what? And he's like, no, no. Like he goes, if somebody asked me how to make money with a podcast, I'm going to hand them Profit from Your Podcast. So I trust Chris to tell me the good and the bad. Chris has seen me speak. And sometimes he's like, that was really good. And then other times he'll be like, eh, you know what? That was cool. But the ending could have been. And I'm like, I, I appreciate that. I really now. Does that hurt to hear? Eh, maybe a little bit. But not really. I really love feedback, but that might be the teacher in me. So get feedback from trustworthy people. Number 10, get artwork. Why? Because now you have something you're getting ready to publish. So get artwork. Now you can go over to my buddy, Mark, over at podcastbranding.co. You can go over to podcastingresources.com. There are other things. I think there's like Git app or something. There's a bunch of people. Be very careful, though getting artwork on Fiverr. There are people on Fiverr and I don't want to paint with a really wide brush, but I've seen three people at least that the examples they're showing on, Hey, looky what I can do. It's not their stuff. So be very careful on Fiverr. Now you've got artwork. You've got an episode. Now, now that you have something to host, now is the time to order hosting. Now I work for Libsyn. I've been a happy Libsyn customer, which will be 16 years uh, this, uh, April. Uh, so I've been a happy customer for 16 years, but I'm also a happy employee. And if you go back, I've been saying Libsyn is the best since 2005. And so I like Libsyn, but I do see people now that I work there that will like, they'll come up with a name of their show and they'll order hosting. Well, they're not ready to launch yet. Don't order your hosting until you have something to host. It's kind of like, when do I get a manager? When you have something to manage. So don't order your hosting until you have something to host. And I recommend if you go on the second day of the month. So right now, as you listen to this, it's January 4th. If you use the coupon code SOP free, by the way, that's all one word, all lowercase SOP free, you will get the rest of January and you'll get a full month of February. And you'll hear people say, oh, you get two months free. Nope. That's not true. If somebody's telling you that, mm, you tell them to go talk to Dave. You get a full month. And when you order on the second of the month, ah, darn, you don't get the full month of that one. So you get the full month of the next one. So it's almost two months, but not really. You get one full month. But step 11, order media hosting. Step number 12, create your website. And so if you're using something like Libsyn, Captivate, Blueberry, Podbean, they all have built-in websites. And if all you need people to do is listen and subscribe many times, that's fine. Now, if you want something a little more robust, you can go with something like WordPress. Right now, I am just in love with PodPage. PodPage, you throw in your RSS feed. It spits out a podcast a website geared for podcasters. You can kind of tweak it there. And you set it and forget it. But if you want something more powerful than that, then you go into WordPress, which basically allows you to do anything you want. And if you don't want to do it again, see my buddy Mark over at podcastbranding.co. And then step 13. This again is how to launch your podcast. So now it's time to launch. And I have an episode on that. I'll put a link in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 756. Everything I've talked about will be at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 756. Now you want to launch your show. 
So what you do is you got your episode up on your media host, whoever you're using. You got your artwork. You got your title. You got your description. And I go into all that kind of stuff at the School of Podcasting because sometimes I see really horrible descriptions. But you've got your media host set up, and now it's time to syndicate it. And so you want to, bare bones minimum, submit your show to Apple and Google and Spotify those are the, and Amazon. Now, Amazon just joined last year, but there are, you know, signs that that's going to be, it's Amazon. Come on. <laughs> of course, it's going to be a player. But the thing to keep in mind with Apple is when you're submitted to Apple and you're accepted, which brings me to one point, no matter who your media host is, Captivate, Blueberry, Podbean, Libsyn, when you create your account and you publish an episode, it does not mysteriously show up in all those places. You have to submit your show to those directories once. Once you're accepted, they every time you put out a new episode, it will show up in those directories in up to 24 hours. It's not instantaneous. It's often very quick, but it can take up to 24 hours. So when you hit publish and you fire up your phone, you go, hey, it's not there. It It's going to take a little more time. But when you submit to Apple, you're also in CastBox, Himalaya, Listen Notes, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podchaser, Player.fm, and I could go on and on and on and on and on. So you really want to be in Apple Podcasts. But here's the thing. There are other directories like Ghana, which is this directory in India that I now get hundreds of downloads per month. There's radio.com, which is owned by CBS. And every time I happen to be listening to the radio and it's on a CBS station, what do they promote? Radio.com's app. So I I never understand people that go, well, which, what are the top directories? Because I just want to be in the top ones. No, you want to be everywhere. And it takes, we're talking a minute Maybe a minute to submit these. Like if I go to submit my show right now to tune in, all I need is my description and my RSS feed. And I need to know my email address. It will take less than a minute to submit that for approval. Now, how long does it take to be approved? That's where Apple and Spotify are. Usually they get you in there in about two days. The other one's five to 10 keyword here, business days, five to 10 business days. And if you want to show up in search, then you might want to give them a couple weeks to actually index because again, you'll go into Apple and then these other apps kind of pull from the back end of Apple. And so what you don't want to do is say, Hey, today's January 3rd. I'm launching on the 10th. No, don't do that. What you want to do is get your show, submit to all these directories. And when you are then listed, because it's all about subscribers. I mentioned earlier how ratings and reviews don't do much. Subscribers do. So when you're getting ready to launch, get all those links to Apple, Google, Spotify, all of them, and have them on a page on your website. So you can say, hey, go to my website.com slash subscribe. So if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe, you can do that and they can see all the ways they can subscribe because the one thing you don't want to say is find me on blah, blah, blah. Find me an Apple podcast, Apple podcast search, Amazon podcast search, Spotify podcast search at times is hideous. And by that, I mean, it's bad. It's awful. It's not good. It is caca a poo poo. So what you want to do 
is send people to your website that reinforces your brand. If you're using the Facebook pixel thing for advertising, you can place the pixel and they can subscribe to their show on whatever platform you're using. So the people that I just did a a show uh, last week, somebody was only on Spotify. I go, you do realize that right now Apple is the top dog. And if you count all those other apps that are pulling from Apple, they're really the top dog. And they were only on Spotify. Don't make your audience figure out like, oh, I have to go listen on this platform. That is not, that's not a good strategy. The way this is going to work in the future is somebody, let's pretend we're all back at work. And somebody comes walking into a boardroom and they're just laughing and everybody in the boardroom is like, Hey, like what's so funny. He's like, Oh, I'm listening to this podcast. It's called the Dave Jackson hour, which isn't a real podcast, by the way. It's the Dave Jackson hour. And they go, Oh, really? I want to check it out. And they all pull out their smartphones and somebody in Apple finds the Dave Jackson hour, somebody else on uh, Google podcast and Spotify on overcast on Castro on listen goods on. They're all going to have their own little apps and they're going to listen on whatever they want. When you try to drive people to one platform, you're making it hard for the other people. Case in point, 78% of Europe is on an Android phone. One more time, 78% of Europe. And the last time I checked, there are a lot of people in Europe are using an Android phone. So when you go, hey, Apple Podcasts, because I want to get up the rankings and review. Ugh, no. So. Don't do that. That's how. And then once you're in all those places and you've got the links on your website, then you tell everyone, you know, I've got a podcast, go to my website, click on subscribe. If you want to leave ratings and reviews, you can, they're social proof. Just realize it doesn't make you up the thing, but you want them to subscribe. How many episodes? Eh, You need one. You need one. You want to launch with three? That's fine. Anything over that? Mm, Cause you gotta, again, you have to have feedback from people to know if it's good. So let's, let's review that real quick as we start to wrap up. Number one, know why you're starting a podcast. If you can't figure out what your why is, you're never going to make it through the how. You have to know why, because that's also going to be how you judge your podcast. Speaking of that, do not compare your numbers to somebody else. If somebody says, hey, Dave, uh, if I say I run a nine-minute mile, okay, uh, is that good? I don't know. Maybe for a, a 50-year-old white dude. Uh, but if I say nine-minute mile to an Olympic athlete, nine minutes is horrible. So when you say I get 150 downloads, is that good? I don't know. Who are you? What's your topic? Don't focus on your numbers. Focus on your audience. So know your why, number one. Number two, know your audience. And that is key. Spend $100 on a microphone, spend 100 minutes figuring out who your audience is and what they want. Otherwise, you're buying a present for somebody you don't know. It's a crapshoot. You don't want to, you don't have time to do a crapshoot. Go figure out what your audience wants. Know why you're starting a podcast, know who your audience is, and then what can you talk about to hold their attention uh, so that the who that we just talked about, it's going to hold your audience's attention and get them to do your why. Determine your format. Purchase your equipment, practice recordings, and get to know your gear. Identify your intro and outro. Record an episode that you feel is good enough for the public. Get feedback from somebody who will tell you the truth. Get your artwork, order your media hosting, create your website, submit your show to directories, and then step 14, launch. Step 15, find out what your audience wants. 
give it to them. And then I'll end on one last thing. Another myth. We'll kind of put in one more myth here. All you need to do is promote on social media. That's not true. Now, I'm not here to say promoting on social media is bad. No, please do that. But think about that. The people that are following you on social media kind of know who you are, right? I think so. And if they know who I am, then they know I have a podcast. So when I say, hey, episode uh, 756 of the podcast is out for the record, horrible tweet. It should say, hey, if you want to know how to launch a podcast in 2021, here are the 14 steps that might get somebody to click. But if you think about it, I am talking to people who already know I have a podcast. And so where I said the hard part of podcasting is figuring out why am I doing this? Who am I trying to target? And now what can I talk about to hold their attention and get them to do my why? Growing your podcast is a matter of knowing who your audience is that doesn't know you yet and go to where they are, be it online or offline, make friends with them and then tell them about your podcast. But just constantly promoting social, unless you're actively growing your Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, if that if those numbers are going up, you will eventually, in a very slow way, grow your audience. But just keep in mind, you kind of have to do more than just social. And if you disagree with that, I'd love to hear your opinion. The website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you would like to start a podcast, my background is in teaching. I love to help people, and I want to help you avoid all these common mistakes and all these misnomers. There's a lot of noise out there. The more popular podcasting gets, the more noisier it gets. And I will not only explain, here's what I think you should do, but I will also explain, here's why I think that. And with my 15 years of experience, I got lots of examples of how, oh, here's the deal. If you name your podcast with a cutesy inside baseball kind of name, yeah, that's not going to work. When you sign up, you have 30 days to figure out if podcasting is for you. And if you go, Dave, you know what? I changed my mind. I will give you your money back so you can join worry-free. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. And until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.